Listeners, we have a treat for you today. If you don't know Kate Bowler and her work, trust me, you'll want to. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to her today if you don't know her already. If you do know her and her work, then you get what an honor it is to speak to her today. I listen back to every episode before they air. And on this particular episode, I found myself talking so much, maybe even too much, because Kate just has this way of making one feel so comfortable. So comfortable, in fact, that I almost break down crying on the episode, which I debated editing out, but decided to keep in since we are all about raw and real around here. I did break down totally sobbing after we wrapped recording, and in her very Kate Bowler way, she sent me a gift and a heartwarming note that included the reminder that she was praying for me. Kate, you are a gift to this world. She's also blessed, by the way, with a total ASMR voice, which you'll hear for yourself once I stop yapping. But before I do, we are here to talk about her latest book, Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day, Daily Meditations for the Ups, Downs, and In-Betweens, which I adored. It is out next week on January 23rd. What is the beautiful terrible, you may ask? I'll let Kate tell you as well as about how awareness is a gift how fear and faith can coexist despite many opinions to the contrary, and so much more. Kate is a three-time New York Times bestselling author. In addition to this new book, Everything Happens for a Reason, No Cure for Being Human, Good Enough, The Lives We Actually Have, Blessed, and The Preacher's Wife are also all must-reads and written by her. Much of her work deals with her stage four cancer diagnosis at just 35 years old with no family history of cancer. She wrote two best-selling memoirs while she was still in treatment. After years of being told her cancer was incurable, I'm so happy to tell you that Kate is now cancer-free. If your indicates ASMR voice like I am, she is not only soothing to listen to, but also provides meaningful content on her podcast, Everything Happens, which I found a couple of years ago. She is a graduate of Yale and Duke. She is a professor at Duke, and through this book of daily devotions, she inspired me to get back into daily time with God, and I know she'll do the same for you, whatever or whoever your higher power is. Kate's work has received media attention from the likes of the Today Show, the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, and now I'd rather be reading. Prepare to fall in love with the incredible Kate Bowler. Kate, I have been a fan of yours for a long time. I'm so honored to have you here today and welcome to the show. Oh, friend. Thank you. So glad to be here. I'm Kate Bowler's friend, everybody. She just said it. (laughs) It's official. We're getting a notary. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay. So this new book is great and I'm going to be using it for a long time. So why decide in this book to take on this project of daily meditations? I think the the truth is I I really needed it. I was mm-hmm. in a tough season where I kind of thought I got my life a bit under control. And then I started having this really debilitating pain. And what it meant was I really only had a little bit in the day where I had energy for anything good. And mm-hmm. I kind of had to figure out how to get myself sort of mentally, spiritually, emotionally organized. And so for me doing a kind of daily moment of pause and digging in was kind of the, the steel I needed in my spine (laughs) to stand up straight and get at it. Isn't that how it always works is when you think everything is going to plan, it just, at least in my life, it sometimes falls 
catastrophically <laughs> apart <laughs> at, at that exact at that exact moment. And also, you know, it, this as I I've said this once, I've said it a hundred times on the show. Books meet you in the moment they need to meet you. And yeah. I have really so I'm a person of faith. I'm I am a Christian, and that is my belief. It doesn't have to be everyone's belief, but I really have better days when I wake up and do 15 minutes of quiet time in the morning. That's just a personal thing. I, yeah. that has not happened probably in six months and I feel it. I feel that strain of not having the quiet time. Now I've started using your book as, as a prompt for that quiet time. And that has been great to have that time back in my day, because if I can center myself in the morning, my days go a lot smoother yeah. and they're so much oh. less chaotic. So thank you for that. Well, that's, that is so kind. The, the feeling of like you, I, I think part of what the making a little space does for me is, I mean, you can I, you know, and then you, you know how quickly a day unravels. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's nice to feel just for one second, like I am trying to create the conditions of a little bit more than enoughness. Like I will give myself back something so that if, and when I spend out that I still, I still kept something in the tank. That's right. That's right. And with my job being what it is, the moment that I sign on at eight o'clock or usually earlier, to be honest with you, it's off to the races. I mean, I'm a celebrity and Royals editor. So especially with the Royals lately. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just, it's nonstop. And so my day doesn't belong to me most of the day, but those 50, for me, the magic is 15 minutes. That's about the right amount of time for me personally. It's different for everyone, but that's my time. That's my time to be selfish, to commune with God. And it's just, it's something that I really had been missing as my life's pace upped and kind of honestly went out of control for a little bit, but this book has gotten me back there. So thank you so much truly for that, because if nothing else, it's my 15 minutes for myself. And, and I'm a better person when I have those 15 minutes before I jump in and serve other people all day, you know? So let's, let's talk about the title of the book. So tell listeners what the beautiful terrible is. Well, it's something I started saying when I was trying to figure out an honest way to like, wish someone a little depth in, in, instead of just saying like, have a great day when like a lot of us aren't having great days. A lot uh, of us are not having great days. And then, you know, you want to be honest, but you, but you also need a little lift. Mm-hmm. So I just started saying, Oh, have a beautiful, terrible day. Cause in, <laughs> cause then if, you know, we wish that all our lives and all our days might be beautiful, but if they can't be, we want it to be a beautiful, terrible day, something in which you, like you, mm-hmm. you notice you make a little more space for honesty. You make a little more space for like grace for your own limitations because you're, you know, cause we do run out. And I, I think like what I've been craving the whole time is a sense of, um, of truth telling where mm-hmm. we can have loving truth telling about what's actually going on and maybe break a, a few of those cultural scripts that, spe- that tell, especially women that everything we supposed are, you know, we're supposed to tell each other in public is mm-hmm. very optimistic. And instead we might just say like, Oh, I just have a, have a beautiful, terrible day. I love that because not every day is going to be beautiful. Maybe not even 50% of the days. That's just, that's just truth. But if it's going to be terrible, at least you can have a beautiful, terrible day and realize that there, even though it is terrible and, you know, your book talks about awareness. Yeah. It's knowing that 
even if a day is terrible, something beautiful will come of it. It might not be anytime soon, but something good will come of it if we choose to make it so. And yeah. so I, I actually do want to talk about awareness with you for a yeah. moment. You write in the book that awareness is our gift. And I've, I've learned that recently as well. So how so, how is awareness our gift and why so? So often I think we can think it's a curse, right? We, you know, oh, oh no, I'm the person who notices too much. I feel too mm. much. I see too much. And then everything we see then feels like a burden. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also good to say that that expanded knowledge of what's going on around you. Yeah. Like that can, it can freight us, but it also expands us and gives us a, a quality of presence that, that is really the thing that, that is our great gift to the world. It's the reason why people, when they, when they look at us, they will feel seen and known. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why we're able to like pick up the little, see the little bits of shimmer on the edges of a difficult reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, awareness, especially for all those of us who are feelers and, and maybe caring a bit too much. Uh, awareness can, can really be, I think, reframed appropriately as like, as our, our deep source of strength. Yeah. I struggle with anxiety. I'm an anxious person. And um, I don't know if you've ever read Dr. Ellen Vora, but, or had her on your show. She's amazing. We've had her on this show before um, a few, definitely a few seasons ago. And she was the first person that reframed to me that anxiety and in your words, awareness is a superpower because I always mm. thought of it as the biggest burden, but mm. she made me feel like this is, this is a gift because I am, I am aware I am mm -hmm. noticing and and I want to actually, I'm segueing on, I'm not on purpose, but segueing perfectly into all of my next questions with our conversation. But you talk about fear in the book and yeah. you mention some varieties of fear in here that are interesting that I had never really heard of or thought of. So apocalyptic awareness, anxious awareness and awareness of pain. Can you walk us through those and, and why that differentiation between these different types of fear matters? Oh, sure. Cause I think what you're describing with anxiety and awareness, like so often we're trying to calibrate the level of anticipation that we need to, to, to like live with eyes wide open. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of that really is just about like trying to set the dial on fear. And I think before I wanted to say like, well, don't, you know, don't worry about it. Faith, you know, faith over fear. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's good to have a a perspective on like, well, what is the reality that we're meeting? And the first one I talk about is an apocalyptic awareness. So sometimes we have a feeling um, of, of heightened like consequence that we're at the edge of something. Sometimes mm -hmm. we feel it when we think about, you know, plastic in the ocean or climate change or worries about an election or um, the worry that like justice will never be given to people. Like there's a, there's a sense that there's, there's a cataclysmic brinksmanship. And that is such a, that gives us a big sense of the horizon. Mm -hmm. It can also be really overwhelming in which we think we feel immediately helpless. Like, well, what can I do in the face of so much um, that is wrong? So are we, and, and what's strange about that kind of awareness is it ebbs and flows. Sometimes it depends on how you interact with the news or, you know, what's going on in the world or just what's going on in your life. So asking yourself, is this an apocalyptic awareness might, might ask yourself, is that why I'm feeling so amped up? Mm 
Um, the other isn't like what we we're describing before an anxious awareness, an anticipatory feeling like, what if things aren't quite right? What would I need to do to step into that future? You know, even as I'm lying here in bed at 2 a.m. And that kind of um, jumpiness can be a part of our lives when we're overextended, when um, when people really do demand and need so much from us. Or maybe our, it's our, our temperament and our personality. Mm-hmm. But is there an anxious awareness that we're kind of wearing like a second skin? And, and the other is a painful awareness. And that is sort of also can be, we, we hope it can be a season, but that's certainly the season I was in when I wrote the book was I just had so much physical pain because what I was going through that I really only had a few hours every day in which pain wasn't so loud that I couldn't think other thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so are our bodies so loud or our, our, our mental space so loud that we can't, it's hard to think our own thoughts. And in all of these kinds of ways of interacting, I think what's, what's good instead of just saying, will be present. I think we should ask ourselves what kind of present are we entering into? What mm-hmm. kind of what kind of peace is necessary for the sort of awareness that we're dealing with? Yeah. God, it's good. Um you don't have to go into details or anything, but how are you doing now? Are you doing okay? I'm doing yeah, I'm really doing so much better. I really had about a year of bananas chronic pain and then I I then honestly I figured out that it was uh, it was just like leftover stuff from all the surgeries I'd had. Yes. So working through that, but I, yeah, so much better now, but there, there was a bit there where I was like, oh, this is forever. And that's the great lie of pain is yeah. that it will never end. Yeah. And that could probably be said too, for emotional pain too, that's not right. just physical pain, but that's yeah. a lie, as you said. So speaking of fear and speaking of faith over fear, as I self-disclosed earlier, I am a woman of faith. I'm a Christian. And, you know, we, I love how you write in the book that we can be faithful and afraid at the same time, because as you said, at least in the Christian community, we are told that if we are, if we have fear, we are anxious, which is something that I I am. And so I've battled with this my whole life that we don't have enough faith or we're not trusting God enough. And I don't think that's really fair. And, um, how did you come to learn that we can be faithful and afraid at the same time? Yeah, totally. Well, and thank you for that. That's exactly the kind of mentality that is, can be really, uh, shaming you know, uh, oh, I was very, very, my, um, my, I guess main confrontation uh, with it was when I was in my thirties, I had a stage four cancer diagnosis and we thought that I would, uh, we thought that I would die that year. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized how uncomfortable it made people say, especially people of faith when I said, oh, I like, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. And they were so quick to jump in with the assurances that I realized that it was almost like I wasn't being polite, you know, like, like a good Christian would never say, <laughs> would never say, oh my gosh, this is totally unraveling. I'm absolutely terrified. I wake up and, and remember all over again that this is happening to me and I can't believe it's happening to me. You know, that I, as if I'd said something like out of step and I realized, man, there's something, there's something about our culture that's asking us all to suffer so politely. And if we were given a little more honesty and the things we could say to each other to set each other <laughs> free yeah. from that kind of embarrassment, you know, so that I guess that's been a part of my kind of almost mission is, is 
to give people a little more space in their lives to have the to have the bandwidth of emotion that life actually requires. Yeah, and if we had it all figured out, why would we need what would we need God for, right? Yeah, what would we need what would we need? We would just be done with you yeah. know, what, what, would, it's what so, would it all be for? Well, it's so funny is that people feel like, well, if you just receive this information and you assent to these particular certainties, like ta-da, and there's really no ta-da with life. There's just the ongoingness of it, and I, yeah. I guess that's why the like trying to constantly calibrate like. Am I living in in fear? What kind of fear? All right, like how can I use the awareness of that to 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 dig deeper into the life that I have, the the loves that I have? How can it make me more me instead of less? Oh, that's good. Even Jesus was afraid. If Jesus, <laughs> so, like, and there's so many times, that, and Jesus was perfect, and he he had yeah. fear. He said, if, "I'm paraphrasing Jesus right now, but if if you can take this away from me, please, God, do yeah. it." You know, and so that you know, so if I mean, there's there's yeah. the blueprint right there. So you know, I, mean, <laughs> I you I just love that faith in that you can be. I'm not saying that you have to live in a life of fear. There is an amount of trust that I certainly have in my in my God and in my higher power, but you can also, it's, it's the full range of emotions, right? And, yeah, and fear right. is one of them. And I, I agree. It's such a shaming culture yeah. that just really goes against everything that at least my faith stands for to shame people for that. So I just oh, I really loved that line. It really stood out to me and it hit me oh. right where I needed it to. And um, I want to talk about the structure of the book. So you set up each daily meditation with a Bible verse, a blurb, a poem, and a reflection prompt, which I really love. Um, it's It kind of has everything right in there. So <laughs> why was it important to you to include each of these elements in the daily meditation? I, you know, because every, I tried to frame the day like the kind, like I wanted to set me up for, I just imagined myself being launched into a day, like just mm -hmm. jump off the diving board of what it was. And so I thought, well, I need like, a, a little eternal truth. So like, surely there is a, surely there is a, a scripture that speaks to what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then like a little exploration of the kind of question, like, um, you know, what do you, what do you do when you're afraid, um, that you won't have enough love in your life? Mm -hmm. Um, so something that sort of like explores like the, the meat of a, of a question. And then I have found that, um, like a, like a blessing -y prayer kind of poem thing. It's just, which is my summary of like, blessing -y blessing -y prayer prayer slash poem thing. Poem thing. <laughs> uh, I just think it's so it's, it's wild, but the second we land on a truth, it makes us turn toward beauty. Like we want, we want the truth, but then we sort of need poetry to live. And so that just allowing it to kind of get a little oxygen and, and, and carry me into a hope for myself and for others. That's beautiful. Is there one, there's a lot of meditations in here and they're all very good. Is there one meditation that you really gravitate towards? It might be like choosing a favorite child or something, but is there one <laughs> that you go, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. I, I guess I always like the ones that aren't very I guess we got back to our thing about politeness mm -hmm. is I guess I really like the ones that are not very polite. I love that like, about you. <laughs> where I'm like, Hey, I'm a grad bag of resentment. Didn't think I was resentful. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. I guess. So there's, 
there's just this one about like walking at the walking like what pictures walking in the dark and seeing everybody else's lights on and imagining that inside their lives are like full of light and life and um yeah I guess I guess that one kind of speaks to me of like there's always the temptation to imagine that someone that that everyone else has a fullness when the truth is like that feeling that things are going to be okay or are okay, just like it ebbs and flows and knowing that there is beauty still in the future waiting yet to be discovered helps me let go of a little bit of the fear that there's not quite enough right now. Mm, it's so good. When you're starting to concept this book, cause it's, you know, there's really no, I mean, you could, you could take it any direction you want, right? Yeah. How do you sit down and storyboard, I guess, for lack of a better term, how you're going to do this, because there's so many different things you could have said. And I feel like you encompassed all of it and what ended up being in print, but what, how do you begin the process of writing something like this and, and structuring it? I guess it usually starts with a question, like, um, uh, well, usually actually starts with anger. Cause yeah, I'm usually like, oh. start from there. Unfortunately, as a, as, a, as a writer, any writer would, would agree probably that a lot of our best work starts from total like, anger. Like, being well, really pissed off. Yeah. And I guess this one did. So one of the sort of, I, I write history and kind of, right. Uh, I write in a lot of genres and one of the sort of historical phenomenon that I've been exploring is, um, is self-help and this sort of rabid individualism and toxic positivity. And mm-hmm. I guess the idea that, um, that that means that we were not allowed sort of the bottom register of emotions really got me into thinking about how could we create constructive sort of theological and emotional and spiritual language around this anxiousy feeling afraid. And so I tried to think about it from the wide spectrum of like, what are the most difficult things people go through? And then what are the sort of light frustrations and irritations? Cause we're not always going to have the like, uh, t- like terrible tar pit problems. Mm-hmm. So I try to write around uh, as if I'm turning the volume dial up and down on the same question. And then I just kind of start to, um, to brainstorm around it. And uh, frankly, a lot of it too comes out of the, I get so much mail um, from the everything happens podcast about what people are going through. And so their questions very often come and they'd say like, they're like, can you write me a blessing for mm. um, when someone did something unforgivable, but I, and I don't know how to live with it. I'm like, well, all right, <laughs> you kind of get a running start and you're like, all right, here mm. we go. The ones about forgiveness, particularly when I read this book were very appropriate for what I needed. Cause I've been working through needing to forgive mm someone this, this past season of my life. And it, it just, again, it was very, very poignant, very timely. And I'm such a structure person. I mean, I just really am. I'm very type a. And so I think that's, I think that's why this book has gotten me back into my quiet time because I was coming at my quiet time unstructured, which mm. you know everybody's different. But for me, this has provided a great framework for me to begin the conversation you know, and, and then I can take it from there, but it's, it's a good, it's a good talking point. It's a good starting off for the the quiet time. And that's exactly how I I wrote it is I'd have a day in which a, like a, a single question would land. And then I, that's, I, I tried to write my way into, 
into the day I, I wished I could have. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful to be that for you too. Yes, absolutely. So the book also has a special section for Lent and Advent, including ample reminders to rest, which I find hilarious. Do you're like, okay, here I am again. Oh my gosh. To rest it's again. so funny. Well, <laughs> so I have funny because I like whimsical weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Hey, can I have a sad rabbit? Can I have a <laughs> butterfly that looks irritable? Um, but yeah, whenever we do these kind of spiritual seasons, um, we always just think it's more work. So I just had to put giant blank pages. It's like, Hey, you're not supposed to be doing something. I love that so much. <laughs> because we need, sometimes we need a reminder to rest. And like, that's the daily meditation is don't just rest, rest. Please stop doing anything. Please Best stop. wishes. Stop. Kate. <laughs> yes. And so I wanted to read this passage. I found it really moving. This is from the book you write. I thought about this often when I would sit in the yard watching the same people show up to build me a fence because I had recently received a sudden stage four cancer diagnosis and there was nothing else to do. I wondered about the shed, which would almost certainly outlive me now and how all my plans, sorry, I'm about to start crying. Oh, my lovely plans. I mean, this is, yes, had been stripped down to the stud. So I'm wondering, what would you say to yourself on that day? knowing what you know now. I think that's because it's so wild, right? Rachel is like the not knowing is yeah. what propels us into, into all kinds of flailing around. Like, mm-hmm. like I could never have known that I would keep living. And I, 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 you know, I wish I, I, I wish I could give myself the gift of certainty you know, if I could, if I could have a time machine for all of my pain, I would give myself back the certainty that it was going to be okay. But mm-hmm. because we can't, we have to live forever like this with that weird, prickly, lightly sweaty feeling that we don't know what's around the corner. And so in every version, I would say, oh, love, like take heart. Like this life will require so much more courage than you thought. Mm-hmm. But like, but, but the, you know, in every, in every small step, there will be moments of enoughness. And like that, that gives my heart peace. Yeah. I just wish I could tell my younger self, whether it was my younger self at 10 or 20 or 30, just don't worry so much. Like just <laughs> like I would have, I would have now, and I'm 37 now, my, my 47 year old self will say, remember that 37 year old self, don't worry so much. But of course I'm like in a season right now of just kind of tumult to be honest with you. Oh, and yeah, I just, I, I, that's actually, I'm glad we just said that because, you know, I often think about my, my inner child, right. My younger self, I don't often think about my older self and what yeah. she might say. Right. And, yeah. you know, I think that historically I've always, it's always worked out, you know, maybe not how I planned, but it has. And so that's an interesting thought. You know, what would my, I always, I think about a lot about what my 10 year old self say, but what would my 50 year old self say? Yeah. I think I really my 50 like year old too. self would say, girl, it's going to be okay. Like it's going to work out. Just stop. Like, just let it, let it ride. It doesn't make sense right now, but it's going to, it's going to be, you know, I, I love the title of your podcast. It's kind of like the title of your book. Your podcast is called everything happens, which I assume is a playoff of everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, well, everything just happens. And, <laughs> yeah. and, but we're the ones that make, can make the meaning out of what yes, happens. That's right. Know? And we that's can, right. we can take, we can take it. So as you just said at the top of the show, we can take something terrible and turn it to beautiful, terrible. That's, that's on us. And that's not a toxic positivity thing. We've had an episode about that as well, but it's just like, okay, this, this happened. So are we going to, you know, 
think that it's the worst thing in the world and just give up? Or are we going to turn it into something that that matters? And mm-hmm. man, that was a huge light bulb for me is what would my older self say? And mm-hmm. I really think that she would say, ride the wave, you know, mm-hmm. ride the wave, hold on and, you know, ride, ride it out and just let, let it flow, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let it really it is a wave, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I could talk to you forever. Your voice, Kate, is just like the most ASMR voice in the entire <laughs> world. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, man, I hate that it's just midday because I have so much to do and I just need to kind of relax. I'll happy. leave it on your voicemail from yeah. now on. <laughs> yes, I love and I get back to work so much. And listeners, Aww. if you if you like this show, you're going to love. I actually found everything happens when you interviewed Katie Couric, who is just such a hero. Oh, that's nice. Mine. And yeah. then I was like, gosh, this Kate Bowler, she's great. And that's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the deep dive started. That was, a couple, that, was, that was years ago. So oh, um, I've been so a fan nice. for a long time, but my last question for you is I try to ask authors this at the end of every conversation. What do you hope readers get out of this? Because this isn't your traditional book, right? It's, it's yeah, daily right. meditation, but it's just as meaningful. So I guess, you know, it's not, it's not something that was meant to be read in a day, obviously, you know, it's, it's spread out amongst weeks and weeks and weeks. So at the end yeah. of the journey here, what do you hope that people reading have a beautiful, terrible day will say? Oh, you know, I, I think what I, I wish for, I wish for them and I wish it for myself is I wish for peace, mm. like a, a glimmering, lovely, deep breath in which we can feel our own goodness and the goodness of others. And like, if we can do that in the middle of the garbage, in the middle of the storm, then it really will be a beautiful, terrible day. That's it. Somebody asked me, so we're um, talking at the end of November. Somebody asked me the other day what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, deadpan. And I was so serious. I said, I want peace. That's all mm. I want. Because as I, as I said, I've been in a bit of a tumultuous season as we all have them. Yeah. And I wish peace for you, Kate. I wish peace mm. for all of you listeners and for myself too. And, and this, this book will help you get there. It has, it has truly Kate brought me back into my quiet time, which is not, oh, she's not, that's huge. I mean, like you are, you oh. are bringing me closer to God. And so oh. that's, I mean, what more could you really, ask for, you know, oh. and, um, thank you. Thank you so what much for just getting me. Like I've been on the verge of tears, this whole conversation. Thank you so much for getting wow. me back into conversation. Um, after, and I will, I will never go into the details on the show or anywhere really, but after everything happened, I really, um, lost a bit of faith, you know, because I just, because I, I just did. And so I've, I've been a bit distant in my faith relationships. God, I've been on the verge of tears, this whole conversation. I'm trying to hold it together here at the end, but, um, I lost a lot of faith and your book and, and getting back into quiet time is helping me restore that relationship. So thank you so much. Okay. Well, I'll cry after we get off, but before, before I do that, I want to close with a Frederick book. Is it Buchner, Kate? Buechner. Yeah. Weirdly it's pronounced Buechner. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Frederick Buechner quote from the book, which is here's the world. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm never going to get through this. Here's the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Oh, okay. We might have to edit this out or maybe I won't. Who knows? But the book is called Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day, a Daily Meditations for the Ups, Downs, and In-Betweens. It is out January 23rd. And Kate, 
I mean, it goes without saying, thank you so much for being here today and for your life, not just this conversation, but your books, your podcast, you're taking your pain and turning it into purpose. Thank you so much. Lovey. What a gift. Thanks, hon. Kate, 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 I absolutely cherish you. Thank you for being you. I never release episodes before the book comes out, but I did today. That is how excited I am for you all to read Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day, Daily Meditations for the Ups, Downs, and In-Betweens. And listeners, you don't have to wait too long for the book to come out because it is on shelves on Tuesday. I haven't dropped this in here in a while, but if you want to reach out and chat with me, I'd love to hear from you at hello. I'd rather be reading at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind as to leave the show a five-star review, if you listen on Apple podcasts or on Spotify, that will help others find our show and grow our listening community. I appreciate all of you so much and we'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you.